welcome, welcome, Torin Palmer. Thank you. To our podcast and to Benchmark Mortgage. Yep, both. It's been just about a week now. Yep. And first impressions. Um, everything I guess I expected. Um, is you know you and I have known each other for a while. Um, going into it, but as far as you know, the office dynamic. Um, Mandy was even better than I thought. That is awesome to hear. Um, you know, going in, but uh, the training stuff is as bad a about as bad as I expected, I guess, just to get in, you know, set up on all the systems and you things mean, like that. As like far as like having to, yeah. Yeah. So they're not bad. It's just, no, no, to- like it's, it's, go- <laughs> it's going to be great, but I yeah. going into it, that's always like the, you went through it a month before me, yeah. but you dread getting set up on new systems. Cause you want to just be, you know, I want to feel like I'm rolling, know exactly what I'm doing with the systems, you know, comfortability, like I was before and stuff like that. Um, so that was, no worse, I guess, than expected. And and I already feel a lot more comfortable starting week two than I did last week and stuff. So that's it's good. a progression. It's a progression. Yep. So for, for those, uh, to, to introduce Torin. So Torin is a born and raised, yep. born and raised Flagstaff yep. resident. Um, he is a uh, husband uh, to Sarah and father of two beautiful young daughters, both under the age of three. Right. Yep. So life is, you could have your hands full and then, um, has been doing loan origination for the last three years. Mm -hmm. Um, and had last year was his first year as a loan officer on his own. And, and so he has joined benchmark. So the benchmark team, not the Mm house team, but the benchmark team then as a loan officer here. And, uh, and so we look to, from, from the aspect of a branch manager, excited to see Torin take off and, and, and coach him in different ways to then just build his his brand and his business here in Arizona. Yeah, I'm careful not to just say in Flagstaff because <laughs> you have ties all over. So yeah, so that's um, so we're really really excited uh, to have you on over here. And when you um, well, so let's let's maybe start in you know a little introduction to Torn for some people here is why lending. Um, Your family's in the trades, right? So you have a yeah. lot of family in the trades and yep. we'll talk about some of that here. Yeah. Could be some, some buying opportunities from some people from, from family building <laughs> some new, new construction developments. But yeah, let's, let's actually, I know I just asked you a question, but let's maybe cover what the family's doing. So your brothers, and I actually don't know all this entirely. Are your brothers in the trades? So just one brother. One brother. Um, and yeah, he's an excavator, has his GC license. He's yeah. done, you know, two to three homes a year. Um, building for people, but for the most part, like his bread and butter is excavating and then, you know, his own investment stuff that he builds, obviously. Okay. Um, so yeah, just the one brother in the trades. And then my dad is, is also a general contractor also was an excavator, showed my brother the ropes and I was the black sheep that went elsewhere <laughs> as far as, you know, the construction route went, but yeah, family wise, like my uncle, both my uncles actually work for, you know, an electrical distribution center another uncle's a landscaper um so kind of you know got you covered on on that front of growing up they were all in the trades for sure for sure and so so then where how did you black sheep into your origination here um so i was always the not good with my hands um (laughs) palmer and in our family like my brother would pick stuff up and and wanted to run with it and was really good at stuff like that and 
Um, he's a harder worker than I am in that sense with stuff. And so I, I just hated working outside. I hated being cold, like growing up here in Flagstaff, like I always thought I would leave because of that. I hated the wind. I hated the yeah. cold. Um, and I was like, I'm, I'm not working outside in this because it was, you know, my dad, like, I remember when we were in like fourth grade, we were working six hours a day to like pick up rocks and stuff like that. Like it was very ingrained. Like we would know how to work hard. Sure. And as I got older, I was like, I, you know, still want to work hard, but not necessarily break my back or be outside. And I just didn't feel like that was my element or good at it. Um, and so that's where, you know, I, I served a two year mission. And when I came home and was thinking of like, what do I want to get into? Obviously I was first thrown into the construction, um, realm with my brother and then was constantly looking for, for something else. And so, um, I actually started in commercial insurance with sales. I, I felt like I had connections in Flagstaff growing up here, um, and have always loved the idea of the harder I work and the better relationships I make and the more I serve people you know, the better my business is where I didn't want to work in a job where I could be mediocre and make the same as if I was, you know, great at the oh, job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so that, that was attractive for, for insurance and got into that, but it was a pretty quick turnaround, um, from that where I, you know, got into, um, the, the lending side and it was good timing, obviously, um, you know, 2019, 2020, um, where, you know, my previous boss had given me the opportunity to start there. And now, now I feel like it's, it's my thing. Like it's, I feel comfortable with it. Sure. So that's kind of how I got in. But I found it awesome that you've found ways to really have your own personal take and flavor on it, right? That you're building your own brand out uniquely on it mm -hmm. already. And cause one of the things, so I've been doing, uh, I've been doing it here in Flagstaff for like almost 14 years um, and haven't really dabbled in new construction a lot, right? It's, it's not a, for those of you that don't know that like a new construction loan is not a typical mortgage yeah. product uh, with the interim financing piece. Right. And so paying for all the studs foundation or excavating um, that usually is done different ways. And so you've happened to specialize a little bit in that as mm -hmm. well. Kind of talk through. So a lot of folks that are like scrolling and just think, Oh, this is ridiculous. Uh, and I know it's very customized that people are just going to need to call you. Um, and, and figure things out there, but, um, kind of talk through like construction financing, if you mm -hmm. will. Um, and then we can maybe get to like the reality check of that too. Of yeah. Like, Hey, don't just go think you can buy a lot and this is going to work out really nice. Yeah. There, there's pros and cons for sure. Yeah. So it's definitely a, a special product in, in the sense of it's, it's not that easy to get or to set up or it can be, I wouldn't you know, want to say frustrating necessarily, but it can be a lot upfront of what's needed because you're kind of looking at two fronts. You're looking at the lending side. If someone contacts me and is like, Hey, I'm about to, I'm looking at a piece of land and either I'm going to buy it cash, or I want to try and finance that as part of the part of the construction. Then we're looking at all the same type of documents that you and I would, you know, someone buying a home, but then they're also already having to look at like plans and permits, you know, be in touch with a draftsman it's just a lot of um, organization, I guess, on both sides. And so it can be overwhelming at times. Um, and the reason I kind of got into or it's become, you know, a, a specialty, I guess, for me, um, was just firsthand knowledge, like it, it wasn't necessarily on purpose. But the timing of when I was getting into the mortgage industry, it was when I was building my own home. And so I was able to see, you know, as an actual consumer, so I can put myself in borrowers positions of, you know, yes, this is difficult, but you know, this is the best way to handle it or, Oh, I wish I would have known that, um, things like that. So 
on the new construction, it, it just takes a little more time is what I normally tell people. But, you know, building your dream home is definitely worth it. And so when people go through the steps and do the upfront legwork of getting everything set up on the construction financing, and then they get their plans and permits, um, the building process is probably going to be stressful because it's like that for everyone. I mean, you know that. Um, but then when you're done, it's it's something that you built. It's it's something that you own. And so um, I guess that's kind of the quick intro on that. Yeah, yeah. So would you kind of generally speaking, let's see, because a lot of people I think look at build um, from two standpoints is they're frustrated with, I mean, there's no inventory out there right now, mm-hmm. right? So they're yeah. frustrated with, and even if it's available, they don't like the floor plan. They don't like the finishes. So they think, why don't I just build? And yep. then the other aspect that they might tell themselves or wonder, can I build for cheaper? Right. Cause this seller's like unrealistic and emotionally tied to the house or whatever. Yep. Right. And so they think, Hey, let me just pick up this land and I can go build for cheaper. What are your thoughts on, on this building actually solve both those things or what are the pros and cons there? Um, long-term I would say, yeah. Um, you're, you can or you should build for cheaper than, you know, 300 to 350 a square foot that we've been seeing homes go for in Flagstaff, um, depending on your general contractor. But it you have to be strategic about it. Like we were seeing during 2020 and into 2021, like lumber was outrageous. Um, there were people, even a few of my like construction loans that were so far over budget that it got super stressful at the end. And so and, and even a few people were like, man, I, I could have bought a house for this. Um, so you, you have to be strategic about it of not just your timing, but how you're pricing everything out up front. And, and some of the stress that goes into it is, you know, if you're getting plans and permits, it might be three or four months before you're actually ready for lumber. So hopefully that quote is still similar. Um, but yeah, I would say that it is, is definitely, you know, worth it long term. Um, but as far as, you know, the short term hitting an easy button, that's not what a construction loan is or, you know, building is. Um, so I, yeah, I guess it's, it's kind of not for everyone, I would say, but the right person or personality for sure can work. Yeah. Well, and is it almost to where I guess, and I think the, the difficult part comes into new construction is because like you're saying, Hey, a loan process in general is a lot for people to go into. And I, most people get highly, fairly highly stressed just because there are so many decision points, like the, you know, decisions on the financing and there's multiple decisions there. Yeah. And then, you know, and then you're, you're assessing the home's condition and we don't, there are just so much to home systems. Like we really have complicated yeah. this indoor living thing. It's not a tent anymore. Like from the plumbing to the yeah. electrical to the, you know, is the roof in good conditions? How's the siding and the windows and the, um, I, all these different pieces, you know, come into, come into play. That's a lot for people to digest and think about. Mm-hmm. And then much more than when you're doing new construction to having to think through those things yep. is, is crazy. Cause it's like, it's that whole pro and con of, Yes, you get to, you can make this your own, but then like, good luck. Where do you put, and people, I, I, have had people that, uh, um, I've worked with that have, uh, or they built and they like, they thought they were going to just like own this and design this and they're going to be so great. And it's just like, there's so many things you don't think about of like, where did you want this switch when you walked into the room? Yep. Right. 
Yep. And and how many outlets did you need? And then some people cheap out and they're like, you know, gosh, dang it. I didn't want to spend, spend an extra thousand dollars on my electrical contractor. So I put one outlet in the garage. Yep. You're like, well, that's going to probably bug you for the rest of your, <laughs> until that, you. That's something that's hard to it's hard to change after the fact. So. Or can't it? Some things are and some things aren't. Mm-hmm. And so I guess where I'm leaning up on that is that there's just so much to it to where would you probably say this is this is a long-term home goal, mm-hmm. right? That's for most people. Unless you're really like in the trades or want to learn this and craft this and you're gonna go, you know, move on, move up. It's probably not a product if you're not trying to build a 10 year plus home that you yeah. probably tell most people to not, well, especially from a return on investment standpoint. Cause I do think, like you said, I don't know. I'd be curious to look at those numbers too, is from the standpoint of like, you could build for cheaper, but if you wanted to build what you really wanted, mm-hmm. you're not going to get dollar for dollar on some of those upgrades yep. that you're doing. So for folks that are actually building that forever home, they might end up spending more than is great for them to do either. I don't yeah. know what are your thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, that's where I think it has come into play. Like I, I think if you're trying to, you know, even think of it as like a side business of, you know, build a house, stay there for two years and sell it, um, depending on what happens with the market, like what we've constantly been seeing in Flagstaff, like your home will appreciate, you'll make a little bit on, you know, selling that house and move on. But then it is like, as you're designing it and stuff, it feels like a job because you're like, you're trying to strategically make sure your budget is on point, but also you're going to live there for two years and, um, you know, you're, there's things you're going to want and things like that. As far as the forever home, I think, again, just looking at the long, like the big picture on things, if you're going to live in Flagstaff forever, and this is your home, even though you may end up spending the exact same like price per square foot, because that's how everything is kind of, you know, talked about of what are homes going for in Flagstaff price per square foot, how much is it to build, you might end up spending similar or close to that if you do, you know, all the bells and whistles you want um, on a home. But if you're going to be here for the next 10, 15, 20 years, then at some point, the home is going to be worth a lot more than what it, you know, took for you to build it. Um, and so I, yeah, I would just say it's, it's interesting. That's why it, you know, it's been an interesting, yeah. uh, I guess, thing to be involved with, with the construction loans and, and how much that number has moved, like what, what we require someone to qualify for price per square foot. Cause everyone says like, you know, I have some buddies or maybe, you know, I am the the drywall contractor. And so just quick side note, like if you're in the trades, you can do it owner builder. That's part of what I've tried to like help create as a niche. Yeah. Um, but everyone always thinks they're going to build cheaper than um, it ends up being. And so, um, yeah, I would just say to like go into it with, with that mindset of the give and take. How much of that would you say then is just with inflation right now and the increasing costs versus it's just life that you are going to miss and forget that you need electrical wiring <laughs> or that like, yeah. and it's the silliest things that everything adds up so fast, right? Where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you need to get outlet covers for all the outlets. And there's, you know, I know that that's probably a relatively smaller, <laughs> smaller blind yeah, item, but, but, but all the little things add up to, so which one do you think is more responsible for the folks that you've worked with recently? I think currently it's more so just that of things you don't think about or yeah. or you think going in that you you don't care about something like I'll get the basic whatever and then as you're actually doing it you're like no I do care um or you know the wife says no let's let's do this <laughs> or um yeah. some of those costs go up I I don't think that you know coming out of 2020 and 2021 we're not as bad where like inflation or 
you know, the supply chain and things like that have like skyrocketed prices. I think it's more stable now. I would say it's more so as, as you're going, like you may budget and we have everyone create like a spreadsheet and, um, you know, you, you can be very organized about it up front, And then there's still things that on the fly, or maybe they, you know, a company discontinued this flooring and the new one you like is now, you know, a dollar 50 a square foot more or something. Um, so I would say it's, it's kind of, as you're going either decisions being made or some of the something not being available, or maybe there's some supply chain things going on as well of not being available. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as far as, um, when you've gone through that process yourself, mm-hmm. um, cause I know you've, you've built, uh, multiple, um, then, uh, what was, what, what personally, so personal question here, Yeah, what is one of the things that costs that, you know, that is a higher budget item than, than you would have thought and it really, you know, bothered you the most? Uh, I would say lumber, both or framing, both the lumber and the, the labor of it. Um, and mine was, you know, I, I built two homes within a year of each other. And so a lot of it was comparing like, what are you talking about? Like it was, you know, yeah, cheaper last year. Um, or, you know, the, you know, someone who had done my framing and was, you know, too busy for the next one. And so I, I would, you know, looked at someone else and it's X amount higher. And, and mine was, you know, a little skewed because, you know, we built our home here in Flagstaff and Ponderosa trails, and then we were building another home in Williams. So I understood there'd be some, you know, if I'm getting Flagstaff contractors and they're driving out there, it'd be a little more premium, but I would say the biggest line that moved was lumber and labor on the lumber, like just the, the framing stage. Yeah. So, and, and one thing uh, there we, we had, uh, it was a while back that we had a client that was doing, it was a builder new construction in the sense that the builder was carrying the financing. And we're just doing a permit loan. Um, and everything, you know, they came in, um, houses just about completed and they praised and it appraised, you know, this is an upper end home and it appraised okay, so we're really, really happy. And then all of a sudden, as we're getting to closing, um, we get the addendum with like $50,000 worth of landscape. Because if you want a nice yard, it yeah. costs money. Oh, yeah. Right? And yet, there's $50,000. I mean, it was like 30 to 50. I forget exactly. But it was tens of thousands of dollars. And, yeah. and depending on what you're putting in there, yeah, you can spend a lot of money really fast sure. on trees, grass, artificial turf, mm-hmm. you know, patios so on and so forth right and so and, and the appraiser really didn't adjust much at all for the yard uh which is pretty typical i think for for new construction that they're like well you know we know you spent money on it but there yeah. yeah so that's that's what's tricky too is like even the yard aspect on new construction is like what will an appraiser actually value and what do yep. you just have to put money on to compare it out and yeah you if, if it's a brand new lot that's been like leveled and 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 all great or graded and everything that uh good luck you you, you're the one putting in that yard your your expense or your sweat yep yeah that's that's actually a good point a lot of the construction loans we do um we try to keep the line item for landscaping pretty minimal just because of that like what came up of like and if they have a lot of room because they're you know i've seen a lot of homes where it appraises for way more than you know, what their actual cost on it was. So what their loan, you know, their loan yeah. to value is going to be very low and and they have room to do even more landscaping or, 
um, you know, maybe pull, pull some more money out of contingencies or line items on the construction loan. But I try to tell them because of that, like an appraiser doesn't really care that much about your landscaping, um, things that we put value on. And like me and you as, as buyers might be like, you know, I would pay $30,000 more for this home. that's landscaped really nice than the next one. But the appraisers just looking at, at comparisons of in a more general scale. And so that's where construction wise, it's kind of like, let's build the home. Everything in the home is very important. Like as far as, you know, the quality of countertops, quality of what you actually put in the home fixtures and things like that is certainly looked at, but some of the aesthetic stuff or outside of the house is not really looked at. And so it's like, if, if we're looking at it from that standpoint, sometimes it's like, let's get the home done. And right now, maybe it's like, you know, rates will be lower um, come some time and then you can, you know, we'll refinance and lower your rate and also pull out some money for, for landscaping or things like that. But don't, you know, throw it into the budget thinking, you know, dollar for dollar, it's going to appraise. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, let's, let's speak. And I know again, just people need to call people need to assess their personal mm-hmm. individual situations, but let's kind of help people understand a couple of things. So typically what does someone need down? For, and I know there's a whole, you know, yeah. but we put you on the spot too much is where um, Torin and I are more <laughs> benchmark all the, you know, different new construction routes. And there's a lot of different ways you can go. But generally speaking, what's, um, what are down payment requirements on new so construction? For new construction, they require 20% down. And that is on if you are financing land plus construction. Yeah. I mean, it's really for both. But essentially, if you're financing land plus construction, you're going to need 20% down of the overall project. And again, that's where sometimes you have to remember that you're going to be required, even if you're going to end up building for 185 a square foot right now, they're requiring 225 as far as qualification goes. So if that's 500,000 on the construction and the land you're buying is 200,000, then you're going to need 20% down on that. Now, what a lot of people do in his best case scenario, um, kind of like the ones we've ran through, like kind of bread and butter, um, is where you buy the land cash. And that will serve as your 20%. So when you actually close on the construction loan, you wouldn't come in with anything, including the closing cost for a construction loan, because owning the land, that's your 20% equity. When you close on the construction loan, you're not coming in with anything. You're just going to begin building. And then when the home's done, that's where, you know, we come back into play with the permanent loan and we'll, you know, pay off everything. Or if you have some room loan to value wise, you could pay yourself back for the land. Um, But typically it almost works out to about the same. Like if, if you have the cash to buy the land free and clear, then you also could have just done the 20% down. Um, the only thing I discourage people on that is they require you to have, obviously you're not gonna have permits on it, but you have to have some type of plans or specs for what you're going to build. And then there's a risk of wasted efforts because you went through, you know, creating these plans and you're submitting an offer to buy the land first. And then later you're going to do construction and now you might not win the offer if someone else comes in, you know, higher than you, or you spent time, you know, generating some plans and things like that, almost for nothing. So it I try to have if if you're able to get a hold of the land, and then we got some time on the construction loan, and you won't come in with anything. Gotcha. Yeah. And and that's in uh, those additional pieces as they're getting all the lender approval mm-hmm. and the value and everything determined. I mean, that, that process in and of itself. So before they have like gotten put a foot on the property to actually then improve it, 
what's that typical time frame that you see from the moment of let's not talk like a land acquisition can be anywhere from two to four weeks, right? Yeah. So just just a closing process on the land. The time you own the land. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's that's yeah. So you see a piece of land, you go to figure out how to buy it. That that could be a typical thirty to forty five day closing, right? But just the moment of like, hey, we're gonna interview some GCs, we're gonna get our permits together. We're going to, and hopefully then that's a known variable of like, we're not just hypothetically on what piece yeah. of land, because those, those are highly uh, contingent on the exact scenario, right? Where's your septic? Are you on septic? Where's yeah. the, you know, how does yeah. the, where's the grading going to have to be like you, your home that you got was like the grading cost <laughs> is going to be a factor, yep. right? Yep. Um, and so it just is like, you, you pretty much can't, I mean, you, you're, you're probably spinning wheels if you're just drawing up having this draftsman put a dream home on a yeah. lot that you don't know where the lot is. Exactly. So assuming that you have that lot variable taken care of, how how long are you basically from getting your plans, your contractor, your bids, confirming within budget and the you know, getting that loan approval in place and everything before you're actually, you know, sending the uh the, the excavator out there. So from my own personal experience, and I think people can do it faster than this, learning from my mistakes. But it was from the time I closed on our land, I remember it was Valentine's Day of 2019, and we didn't start building until October. So it was, um, you know, nine, 10 months, essentially, of just going through the permit process. And mine was, um, again, I think it can be done faster than that. I would say on, on average, four to seven months from the time that you own the land until you're going to be sending someone out there to start building just for all those factors you mentioned of getting utilities set up, or if, if there is some uniqueness, like for us in Coconino County, everything that's going to be in the County is going to have to have as part of your plans, like a septic, um, you know, drawn up and those plans approved and things like that, that your draftsman takes care of. Um, I'd say four to seven months from the time you, you buy the land until, you're rolling on construction or you send the first one out there. And, and, and then within that, there are certainly tons of variables. Um, but, but then going further from, Hey, we were permitted, we're running forward, got it, got our construction schedule. The GC is cracking the whip as much as they can. We all know how that goes right to where then right now in Flagstaff, just based on how busy the trades are and things. And again, I know there's plenty of, Hey, the size of the house, the location of yeah. the house, the finishes of the house, you know, the timing of supply chains and everything, which I hear is getting a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But as far as then the process from start to finish, what's kind of generally speaking for homes right now? Yeah. So it, I think the biggest factor is the, you know, the square footage, the size of the home. But, um, you know, I'd say for larger end homes, if you're building like the forever home and it's like, you know, your step up where if you're building something from, 2,800 to 3,200 square feet, like a larger home for Flagstaff, um, probably close to a year, 10, 10 to 12 months. Um, and again, I, I always am like in like worst case scenario mindset. I think it could be doable. And, you know, I I've seen people do it in seven or eight months on those. Um, and then on smaller homes, you know, built as fast as like four and a half months. Um, and so it, it just ranges on, you know, the size of home, and and obviously weather could come into effect or into effect like we got lucky on our home that it was a dry year for snow um where you know we were able to get get it dried in before we even had any snow and so it didn't really set anything back 
Um, one of my best friends right now is currently building his house. And, you know, this was like the best year for snow, but the worst year for him um, building. And, oh, yeah. and just that alone is probably set him back a month to a month and a half. So some of that can come into play. But if in a perfect world, if you were building everything with no weather involved, um, I'd say six to eight months for, you know, a, I guess we'll cut, you know, say average size house, like 1800 square feet to 2000 yeah. square feet. It- and I just keep thinking as we're talking through this, that it really comes down to that. There's this, uh, I don't know who said this, you know, Google it or something, but if you want something you never have, you have to do something you never done. Right. And yeah. so if you want to build like on, you handpick your location, what's, and, and the, sorry, in tangent, there's something to be said for that too. Right. Of saying like the available lot selection mm-hmm. and costs and then costs to develop those lots. Like it, it's, there's tons of variables even within that, right? Yep. And so, so it's not, not that I'm trying to discourage people from from the new construction yeah. route, but it's it's a matter of like, hey, you you knock on the door of an existing home, it's kind of like buying a motorcycle that runs, right? Of like, hey, that's a big thing to say. Well, if you want to buy something that doesn't run, you have no idea of what the issues could be. Whereas saying yeah. okay, it runs, then we can safely assume there's certain variables that yeah. actually are in somewhat functioning order, yep. right? So if you walk in a house and you're able to say, okay, like the water works, the electricity works, like this home is, is, is in a state of like, sure, there might be some repair, some functionality improvement, but, but it works. Whereas like you walk up to a raw lot and it's like, man, it, you know, just to get, uh, you know, it's like, Hey, just see the internet over to this house or the septic yeah. over to this house or something like we're not talking, uh, Hey, we need, we need to maybe replace a water heater mm-hmm. kind of thing of like, you know, I think people don't realize that you go from like hundreds to thousands of dollars of potential. If the house looks good and runs right yep. on an existing home to where these are like tens and tens of thousands of dollars variable, mm-hmm. right? Like you could be on a steeper lot where it's like, Hey, that's yeah. like my, my buddy built on a steep lot. And he's like, yeah, like that's like a, a 30 to $40,000 variable. Mm-hmm on just having to pay more for excavation than I would have otherwise. Exactly. Yep. So it's not like you're like, oopsie, a thousand bucks. Yep. It can be big oopsies. Yeah. So that that's why I think it's really important going into it that either, you know, if one of, you know, my big selling points normally is that like the, the construction loan that we can do allows owner builder if you have experience in the trade. That's awesome. So then depending on what your experience is in the trade, you need to either have good contacts or friends to be able to tell you. And and that one's a big one. And like the excavating slash masonry, like on my house was like probably four times what it would have been on a flat lot. So I had to kind of, you know, luckily I had two excavators in the family to help me assess, like, you know, if I'm getting the lot for, you know, X amount cheaper sure. than market value, sure. this is where it pencils or evens out. But if you're going out to look, then if you're not in the trades, you need to have someone who is, you know, a good friend or upfront with you of what might cost more early on. Because once you do get to the, you know, foundation stage, I would say that you're not really forced to make expensive decisions in the sense that, you know, you could spend more on some certain yeah, things. If you want all Viking appliances, yeah. you're going to spend $20,000 more on your appliances than you needed to. Yeah. That, you know, huge. you can make that decision. But yeah. as far as like, if you buy land and you're like, we have to build a house, like, yes or yes, it's happening um, without looking at what we will take to get, you know, ready for a slab, then that's where you could feel a little stuck or, you know, upended on your budget of what you were thinking of. And so I, that's really important to have 
that assessed beforehand, like, you know, think of it strategically going in. Sure. And, and to kind of finish my thought on it there as well, like, Hey, if you, if you want something you never have, you got to do something you never done mm-hmm. that. I really think, I think a lot of people that call on new construction and say, like, Hey, do your homework, do your research this. Yeah. Um, a lot of people that just think are, that are frustrated with the inventory that are thinking, are just tr- grasping at straws to try and figure out what's out there, or also are frustrated at price that the only thing that they're seeing is like vacant lots in their price yeah. range, right? And yep. thinking like, well, well, you know, let's figure this out. You know, I would probably say that that people need to, ass- so I, I'm going to interpret here, but you tell me, because yeah. you see that construction side of like, it is amazingly worth it and, um, for those that want to build long-term and and that are really wanting to build, like go through the extra hassle of time, potential cost, a lot of energy in understanding this process. And I always believe that people, that as good as your GC is, you need to know what's going on. Yeah, for sure. You need to have your head wrapped around this. And uh, and like you aren't putting yourself in a financial pinch if closing isn't in 12 months, you yeah. know, if it's going to take some delays and things to happen yeah. that financially and life-wise, that if you can take that on, that new construction is highly rewarding, but it is really not everyone's cup of tea. That people need to be careful of thinking that this is a potential solution for them. For sure. That's a very accurate, I would say, you know, assessment on like it can be very rewarding, not just financially, but you know, emotionally for for yourself. Like if you build something that is yours, like there's like a sense of ownership. Like every yeah. day when you come home, you're like, I saw this thing from nothing to yeah. you know, a house being there, like super rewarding in in that sense but also you know financially like a lot of people one of the myths that we hear a lot in, in lending or or like the first time home buyers that have still called and been like i need 20 percent down to buy a home and it's like no 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 like we have a lot of different programs where you don't need that and i think a lot of people know that now but typically when you build a home and you're done you're not going to be looking at you know the mortgage insurance like number one you might have built for lower than what you could have bought for just principal amount but number two, as far as your payment goes, like where if you buy a house for, you know, and you put three or 5% down conventional loan, you're going to be paying mortgage insurance until you, you know, grow that equity or refinance one day and have the equity. Um, and so financially as well, like that's a couple hundred a month as well, where you, I have yet to do a permanent loan for someone who built that they didn't already have 20% equity in it and they're not paying mortgage insurance. And so I think there's, there's quite a few factors where it can be very rewarding. Um, it's just in the middle of where sometimes you want to pull your hair out, um, just, you know, getting there, but it's, you know, the same thing as a lot of things that we do in life, like, you know, running a half marathon, there's no way it's, it's fun in the middle of it, but afterwards you're, you know, excited that you did it and building a house, I think can be, you know, similar concept. Yeah. But, and, and the, as I've gone through the process of, I want how uh, we had a process where we built with a, with a builder, it was kind of a predetermined community kind of spec. So not 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 the yeah. full. Usually, people call me. I'm like, there's two types of building a home. There's the you can go talk to one of the builders who have pre-built uh, a home or have like the design plans and everything, mm-hmm. and you're just going to buy in that community, and they carry the financing. Or there's the wild west, is what I call it. Of like, yeah. you're going to go find your lot, find your loan, find your plans and everything. But you know, so when we had done uh, just even that pre-build situation, then there's all sorts of different things that we're getting asked out to customize and things and and builders vary sometimes, I think, and how much like they found, I, I bet they found that hey, the, we want to give people the perception of having some design on this, but also yeah. 
they're not good at this and they don't do this every day. So we'll try and give them like, Hey, here's the three different colors you can pick from or the three different elevations or, you know, and so they try and control it. But like the things that you have to have an opinion on or, or, or it's, it behooves you to have an opinion on that. You never knew you had to have an opinion on before. Like, you know, that's, that's what gets tricky. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, cause like, well, really, where do you want your, um, what was I just thinking of like your, uh, what's your breaker switch? Not your, um, what was it called? Like the panel? No, no. And you're, this is awkward. <laughs> what's the, your, what's your plug called that? The one that has the, the uh, RV one. No, 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 no. Just your regular, like, oh, I can't believe I forgot the word <laughs> for this. I mean, I really lose some street cred with all the construction people listening, but it's, it's like in your kitchen where it, it will, break right oh what's that called you know like what I'm under saying? your sink like your yeah yeah no 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 just so you have these in your kitchen where you have like your oh gosh torin i'm where, like where you have the test button and the reset button what are those called again oh just like that's like your breaker switch right like on any outlet where you can yeah, yeah. you're resetting it yeah what do they call that do they have you, a specific word for it we're going to leave this in here, not it out because we're lazy, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Where do you want those? Like, where does that make yeah. sense to have yeah. those in the kitchen? Like all these little things, right. Yeah, sure. Um, that it, it's like, man, you know, did you really, you hadn't thought about those before, right. You hadn't thought about where do you want the outlets sitting in the garage? And then, you know, where, especially if you're then brand new design and construction, I'm sure there's plenty of resources and draftsmen. And even though that's the hard part though, even yeah. like a draftsman, they're good at looking at it, but they're mm-hmm. not good at feeling space yeah, like, like visualize the door should open this way or why do you even need a door there yeah right it's a lot it's a lot mm-hmm. so expertise connecting with the experts and uh any other thoughts about new construction or advice for people considering that i i would just say you know to give me a call and uh you know to talk about it or, or clients on it because it like i said it's it's a lot of times when people get frustrated and and a lot of this i felt like happened during 2020 and 2021 when everyone was going like 50 grand over asking. And then there was a lot of buyers who planned on buying a home at that time, like them and their family had, you know, saved up X amount and were ready to buy. And then we're just getting beat up by the market that I was like, well, you know, maybe let's look at building. And there was quite a few of those that like ended up building. And, you know, we helped with the construction loan, they finished their home, they're super happy. And then there were some of those that as we started to explore it, it was like, this, yeah, this isn't for me, like, even if I need to wait for you know, the market to not be so crazy, I'll, I'll rather, you know, I'd rather do that. And so I just think, you know, conversation wise, um, you know, first between you and, and a spouse, if, if you are building, if you're married, um, and then, you know, just, you know, consultation, like that's a lot of what we're here for is to, to help people make decisions, um, you know, set themselves up, you know, financially with a home and, and to use that home for, um, you know, not just equity, but to, to build, you know, financial um, power as well. And so I just think, you know, starting the conversation is key. Sure. Sure. And I think the, the, a lot of folks would find that, especially if they're not in, in the trades, right. Mm-hmm. If they're not in the trades, yep. um, and don't have like the network and all these things that were really, really helpful, like to understand, Hey, uh, if you're ready for the learning curve, you have the time and you have the budget, mm-hmm. right. Uh, cause if you're not in the trades, you're not necessarily going to probably say gobs, Right. And so is it worth then waiting the time hanging out and do you love the location enough? Right. There's just different things for you to, them to understand that like, Hey, is this really going to be 
uh, I think a lot of people probably think romantically more about building than, than it would really like be able to work out for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and that renovating is a big, you know, is, is a mm-hmm. totally feasible thing too, that can save people a lot of, like one of the builders I work with, he was, he could say, hey, buy an existing lumber package, right? So yeah. if you take some variables out, there's something to be said for like yeah. renovation. I think we'll see, I mean, just from the nature of Flagstaff in general, um, I think we'll continue to see a lot of, I'm, I'm very curious in the next like 10 to 15 years. I, I think that that's, mark my words on this podcast here. I think that we'll see that um, in a much, much bigger way then we've seen like the renovation and the yeah. upscaling of certain communities and in inventory as we, I mean, we've already seen in the last like decade, a lot of that downtown, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Of like the beater properties and things or something that was held on in the old trust. Yep. And then finally grandpa passed and they, you know, kids sold yeah. the house and then someone comes in and says, okay, we're going to, like I said, this being like some college dump rental, like we're going to all of a sudden like upscale this property. I yeah. think we'll see a lot of that too. I agree. I would agree with that. So it'd be interesting to see. Okay. And, uh, and all things, all things, uh, market right now, we are seeing interesting times. Not like you say, you, so you, you know, with the three years in behind or under your belt, you've seen like the best rates ever. And now you've seen like some of the worst rates in, in 20 plus years, not the worst rates ever and nowhere near worst rates ever. Um, so we gotta be careful everybody about that, nor do we ever want to get to the worst rates ever because that would be really painful right now. Um, what, uh, yeah, what, what's your take? What are you seeing? What, where are the pain points in the market? Where are you seeing opportunity? What are some of your thoughts, Ron? My biggest thing on opportunity that I was trying to tell a lot of, you know, just because of, um, you know, my, my age or where I was or some of the contacts I have of um, a lot of people that I went to school with or friends and stuff are, are right now, like, you know, looking at first time home. And what I was telling them is like, even though rates are higher now, and even for some of them almost double, like if I quoted them the first time they talked to me like a 3% rate, and then if it was around six, the next time we were talking, lower loan amounts are not nearly as as affected as you know, when we get into the jumbo, um, or, you know, seven, $800,000 loan amounts, like it, it, it's a big hit just on interest alone, like even if you have the same principal amount, as you were planning on spending, but where I felt like there was opportunities, I was like, hey, now you're not having to offer 40 to 70 grand over asking and you can get some, you know, seller credits possibly, or, um, you know, things, you know, paid for and helped out on There's still down payment assistance programs and your payment is really only affected on like a, you know, $270,000 loan amount. It might only be like a $260 difference than what it would have been at, at 3% down. Um, and so there's a lot of opportunity there where now you can get into the home, there's less competition and, just because people hear, you know, the phrase like rates are double what they were, they might assume or, you know, if I wasn't in the industry, I would also probably assume like my payments got to be a thousand plus dollars higher. And, and in reality, on the lower, the lower loan amounts, it, that's not the case. Um, or people, you know, doing investments where they were going to put a large amount down, you know, now, now it's like game time where you can go, go in and win the offer. And if you're borrowing less than 500,000, like your payment is not that much different. And, and then, you know, there's no guarantee, but there's a good possibility that one day, you know, rates do come down and then you're not competing with someone to get that lower payment because you already own the home. Yeah. So. And I think that's, that's huge for people just not to count themselves out right now. Mm-hmm. I do think they have to be 
I think they're going to have to learn fast though and learn quick. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing certain things like Starting I was looking this morning talking to someone that, uh, <laughs> not, not, you know, this is very anecdotal, but there is one listing in Ponderosa trails that is not already under pending, contract. Uh, yeah. Already under contract. And so, and that's been on there for three days. Go get it. It's the, yeah. I don't even know who's listening. I'm trying to support you up there. Um, and by the time people watch and listen to this, it'll probably be under contract. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so things are starting to move a little faster, especially in desirable areas, neighborhoods, and if it's priced right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so I think people need to understand, don't, yeah, don't cut yourself out. There was this uh, Dave Ramsey interview, um, you know, because people know if people listen to Dave Ramsey's, you know, if I'm a financial educator and really, you know, it, in a nutshell, the like debt free guy, right? He's mm-hmm. always against, yeah. it's, it's super hardcore against debt. So I'm sure you know Dave Ramsey, right? Yep. And yep. so, you know, he, he likes to preach an ideal of, hey, you got to do at least 20% down, never do a loan if you do mortgage insurance. And you really should never do a 30 year, you always should do a 15 year. And, you know, like, yeah, in, in a perfect world that that's going to save, like, I will not argue that that's going to save a ton of interest yeah. for sure. And, and I, I don't argue a lot of his principles. I think if, generally speaking, living within your means, staying right. out of debt, sure. those are all good things, even though we're, we're, you and I are in the business of giving out debt. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's almost like drink responsibly, right? Do your debt responsibly yep. kind of thing. But it was interesting. Cause then in like, this was like a year ago and I always listen, you know, as, as, Markets are changing and economy changing. And I, I listen to a lot of different people and try and form opinions, not isolate myself in my own opinion. And, and it was interesting where I had there someone called in and said, like, hey, you know, um, you know, I, I, I listened to you and a couple, you know, three, five years or four years ago, we could have bought at 5% down, but we were waiting and saving up to our 20% down. We finally got that like, um, but we're not sure we should buy now. And, and it was just, or, or maybe they were just shy of it still, but I don't remember the exact context, but long story short, like it was very, very clear, at least with how the market has moved that that person would have been way better off doing 5% down five years yeah. ago versus waiting for home prices to go up, you know, from 2020, 21, like almost 30% alone, plus the other years behind him. So, I mean, house prices were probably 40% more from when this guy was yep. thinking he could do his 5% down. And not to say, you know, we are, it's not going to be sustainable for us to see another 30% in the yeah. next 24 months. Yeah. We, that is, you know, we, we saw there was a pandemic market, a lot of crazy things happens, billions of dollars of subsidy. And so, you know, that, that has changed the map quite a bit for a long sure. time yet. And so I think we'll see much more of a normal historic pace to, you know, a lot of experts uh, thinking single, low single digit appreciation, not necessarily depreciation, but that alone, I think speaks to your point of, you know, Hey, people that counted themselves out and didn't ask questions, didn't look around, didn't talk to experts. Like it could hurt a lot. Yeah. Right. If you're listening to one single, like, you know, main news media or something, and they're talking about what could be happening in Phoenix or, you know, or that the prices in California, like you got to be careful when it's you creating your real estate opinion. That's going to be what you actually act on. Yep, exactly. And yeah, that that couldn't be more true in the sense that maybe I'm skewed because, you know, like you said, like what we do for a living is, you know, home loans. But I I actually think still being responsible about it, but going into debt to, to get a hold of real estate without doing anything is going to appreciate. And so it's the same as you just, you know, staying where you're at, that's, you know, very low rent, or maybe you're living rent free, like 
in your parents' basement or something and you're saving money, um, you could still essentially be saving money in equity by owning a home. And, you know, I 100% agree with Dave Ramsey on, you know, everything else, like as far as buying, you know, toys or cars, like if you can save up, buy it cash, don't finance, but that's because those don't appreciate like we see a home appreciate or for not minimal work, but for the amount of work that you could do to a home to spruce it up and then the value that someone else might pay for it is a really good, you know, bang for your buck value. And so that's definitely agree with that with some of the people counting themselves out or, you know, holding themselves back to to save up more, be in a better position. Um, it could have been, you know, a few years ago or it could be now. Yeah. And I, I think to, uh, to that extent too, is that a lot of folks need to have that perspective of creativity right now. Yep. Right. That will, will say that no one, I don't care. And I've said this before on this, like, I don't care if you are, Hey, you know, the teacher firefighter trying to get your first time home, you know, that you are the, you know, the upper end, you know, surgeon, yeah. And trying to get, you know, trying to buy the dream home. Yep. Like everyone in Northern Arizona is, is making trade-offs, yep. right? It is an expensive area. You are not going to get what you want for what you think you should pay. Mm-hmm. No one is getting that. So we're all, we're all in the same boat. Yep. Yeah. You know, someone making trade-offs on a, you know, $3 million house in Pine Canyon versus someone making trade-offs in like that first time green law, you know, a single family home or that manufactured home in Royal Springs, you know, <clears throat> these are all trade-offs that they're making and having mm-hmm. to figure things out, but creativity, understanding what they could, you know, how they can get the space that they want to working with trades yep. and renovation or, you know, or working creatively with their financing right now, the, the people that will be the happiest, I believe I've said this multiple times on this are, yeah, the people that can make commitment and, and can get creative and can, Put themselves through some work and so obviously people that you know put themselves through a ton of work when they construction mm-hmm. um i think for a lot of people that reward is is going to be equal to their effort yeah for sure so big reward but big effort yep yep anything else that uh, you want to say in closing here jordan um no this was great awesome well awesome guys well yeah we, we're excited to have torn part of the benchmark family here and thanks for joining me on the podcast yeah thanks for having me